Feeling tired at the gaming table? Want to hear foul-mouthed jackasses poke fun at gaming companies when they screw up? Want an honest, street-level opinion from a team of gamers that call it like it is? Then Blunt Force Gamers may be the podcast for you. Listener discretion advised. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gamers of all ages, it is us, your host, myself, Game Goblin, along with Darth Blasphemous, hail to the dark side. And this is our third Radcon episode, so we should just kind of calm it down a little bit, you know, maybe a little bit of Radcon, maybe some gaming future news and stuff. Mm? Uh, sure, but uh, this was a very good year for Radcon, but we'll get more into that. It was tremendous. Very, very tremendous. Spontaneous room party. Spontaneous room party, yeah, that was fucking awesome. I was expecting to take... I only took half a gallon of alcohol with me this time, expecting that you guys would be all, like, bitchy and shit about it, because you guys usually complain about my stuff. And this year I ran out, and people wanted more. Go me. Mm. Lucky. Uh, it, it's it's like a good magic set. You gotta get the hype going, and then you print very few, and then everyone wants it forever. And you're just like, buy the next product. There was no hype. I was telling you guys, fuck you. Straight up. Like, legit. Like, somebody be like, oh, Q, you brought alcohol, and I'm like, eat my ass. You can't have my vodka, you can't have my moonshine, you guys bitch about it. I drank a fair bit of that cherry bomb last year. Oh, and this stuff this year, man. If it aged just like a couple weeks longer, oh my god. It is smooth and dangerous. Okay. Yeah. My brewer had some afterwards because she uh, let it sit a little bit longer in the aging tank. And holy shit, she said it's dangerous. And I'm like, I know, right? Uh, so yeah, we did Radcon, we'll start off with that, and then we'll move into some gaming stuff, because, you know, it's that time of year, and there's some news coming down the pipe. But shouldn't we roll that intro? Oh, we already did. Okay. Yeah, that's, um, kind of... Yeah, no, it's cool, it's cool, it just usually takes us, like, for fuck ever to get to the intro. So I'm like, fuck it, season four, I'll just slap it on the front. Alright. I already did, I already did, I just, like, slap it in the front, call it good. Uh, so I did seven panels this year. And all but two of them were fan-fucking-tastic. Which two are you saying were not good? Um, I would have to say our podcasting 101, because we kept getting railroaded by somebody else who was in attendance. Are you talking about backseat or up on stage? Up on stage. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to mention any names, but he uh, he came out like a fucking bull in a china shop, and like we could barely get a word in edgewise. True, true. Which, which was kind of funny because the uh, there was a couple there from a podcast called CBC Podcast. They're, they're looking at upping their game. They've only got two episodes published, so more power to them. And, you know, like, the gal, she came to me in the hallway. She was still asking for more advice from me after the panel. Mm-hmm. And so, later at con. And later at con. Literally, the last day, we're walking out, and there she is. Mm-hmm. Mmm, cigarette. Yeah, so those guys... They, they came up and they were asking for more questions. You know, Well, they were asking more questions, not for more questions. And, you know, I, I gave them the skivvy as best as I could, but it really didn't go that great on that panel because, for the most part, we were just getting railroaded. We could barely get in word in edgewise. And the other panel I was in, and it, it's of no fault to the other panelists, 
but I was definitely the odd man out because I'm multimedia dude. And there's like six other people there who are all book authors. <laughs> so I'm like the odd man out. I'm only the multimedia guy going, hey, look, if you're doing stuff on the internet, you know, these are the laws you got to look at. If you're doing stuff on the internet, this is the kind of stuff you got to peek into. If you do stuff on the internet and everybody else is all books, 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 books. And I'm like, man, I'm so out of place here. And it didn't help that there was, I believe, seven panelists for that one room. Yeah, and mind you, for those of you who have ever been to RadCon, the rooms are not especially big. They basically take the rooms you get when you rent uh, a spot there at any hotel. Just think about your standard two-bed. They haul the two beds out of there, the staff do, and they just throw in a folding table and a bunch of folding chairs. Yeah, so that one didn't go over too well, just... For the fact that, you know, they overbooked the panelists on that one, the room was small, and I was the odd man out. You know, if we had a multimedia panel, I would have fucking owned that, but we didn't, so I had to, you know, just try to throw in a nugget here and there where I could. Uh, otherwise, working with Chris, uh, Chris Bruscus, one of the other panelists, that was phenomenal. Uh, we did zombies uh, translating, you know, could they exist in real life? And, you know, we got kind of a, a little snippety at each other, but it was all in, in good fun and for science. So, you know, he came out of the angle with parasites. I was coming out of the angle with viruses. And we were shooting each other down at the same time, building each other up. You know, so it was a good debate we had, I, I would think. And, and you know, um, I, I was so out of mind at that point, too. Because, like, doing all these panels, um, I've done some, I, we did the panels at um, uh, Spokon. Yeah, I'm not going to pull a moniker here. <laughs> uh, we did the panels at Spokon. And it was way less stressful because we only had like two or three. And at this one, I was going like literally from one room and I'd look at my uh, clock and I'd be like, fuck, I got 15 minutes to get across the hotel and I'd just like book it all the way to the other end. Luckily, it takes five minutes. And, yeah, it takes five minutes, but I was sleep depth all the fuck. So I was constantly getting lost because I barely slept even before con. Yeah, well, next year we're going to uh, jumble the room assignments. Hey, it, it, overall, though, it was a great con. I mean, we had a surprise room party. I wound up in an invite-only party. And there was this one gal there, and I have to, like, mention this because... God. Damn. Damn. Every time she walked by, dude, like... Everything in my brain would just seize up, stop, and I'd be like, I have to look and appreciate. <laughs> it's my inner artist, right? I gotta look and appreciate it something beautiful. Or in this case, someone beautiful. And it was this uh, younger gal running around in a white and gold kimono that was traditional cut. And she would be cruising around the con like all day on Saturday. And I would just like see her out of the corner of my eye. And I'd just look over and I'd be like, I'm out of this conversation. I'm just going to appreciate. And I'm at the invite only party. And I am way late on that fucking shit. That moonshine hit me hard, dude. It was about time I got drunk. Uh, but she came out of, like, left field nowhere, and suddenly, like, a pair of arms wrapped around me. I got a kiss on either cheek, and I'm like, okay, I'll roll with this. <laughs> so, you know, that was like the, the cherry on top of our already delicious cake. You know, the, the con was wonderful. It was great. Unlike the last couple of years, the uh, the politically correct stuff is kind of getting way laid off to the side. I mean, there is still some of that lingering in the, the edges, but... Yeah, most part, it's panelists at this point. Yeah, most of the people, though... Um, I got into say, that. It, it was just a good year all around. The weather was great. Um, the overall con experience, you know, everyone was like, all right, we're going to get stuff done. The only thing I saw that really needed help 
was they were so low on volunteers, and I think that's part of because of things, you know, people having real-life aggro coming up. I haven't caught a whole lot of it, but, you know, a lot of people didn't get to make it or didn't volunteer or couldn't volunteer. I have friends who are so regular that they're like, hey, I got asked to go uh, be security on the door like three times. And that's cool that they have people they trust that go to the con all the time, but that's the only thing I saw that we could use more help with. Other than that, man, the con was great. Sales apparently were up. Everyone that we talked to uh, running a store were just making gangbusters this year. Attendance was up, as far as I can tell. Um, you know, the rooms were full. The hallways were packed. But it's not all, you know, money, money, money. It's the amount of people. Kids in their first con convention, or they'd only gone to a couple cons, but they were... You know, young kids dressed up in Star Wars costumes. I think I saw a little Buzz Lightyear at one point. But, you know, it's just one of those things of it's a great thing to see people coming to con and having a great time. The only costume I did not like was the guy doing the fucking post-apocalyptic UPS uh, outfit with all the fucking boxes. I mean, just like, dude, really? You know, conserve some space a little bit, pal. I mean, there's other well, people it's here. it's part of the costume from the video game, but yeah, it, it was one of the things where, like, dude, you can have a I'm walking around con pack, and then a fucking I'm doing the masquerade pack. But it was a cool costume, and it, that video game apparently is really well done. It is. It's a great game. It's a great character, but the costume was just so phenomenally big. Just like, really? I'm like, Yeah, I, I mean, uh... Pyramid Head stays in the grand hallway by the restaurant. Like, that, that's where he usually hangs out. And if he goes through the hallways, he's got his little entourage trying to help, you know, mitigate. But, you know, it's just one of those things of costumes are definitely a thing to keep an eye out with. But, dude, there were some pretty good ones this year. Uh, we had all the Mandalorians. God, so many of them came out of the woodwork. Um, let's see, a uh, whole bunch of really good anime ones. Uh, people trying different stuff. People doing different costumes. And then the furries. The fucking furries. Now, I'm not a furry. I know that'd be our buddy Kaz's area. But um, there were just a few, and we see them every year, and it was nice to actually sit down, talk with them. You know, they were, they were good people. Oh, yeah, there was tons of good people. Uh, let's see, one panel I was on, like, I made three con friends out of that one mm -hmm. by accident. Yeah. And I was the voice of dissent, like, every because we were doing a Star Trek panel. No, Star Wars. But I got sidelined on my own because I finally found his name. Uh, one of the guys who showed up at our surprise room party, because um, after that panel, the Star Wars one, I'm the voice of dissent, you know, they're saying like, oh, this is a good movie, this is a good scene, and I'm like, raise your fucking standards, just in more uh, family-friendly terms, and yeah, me and Yoshi, and I just found his name, Scott, uh, me, Yoshi, and Scott decided we're going to go party together. No, 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 name drop. Name drop! And... We go upstairs, and they just run out of fucking tickets for all the, the fucking rooms that are selling alcohol. And I'm like, God damn it! well, I've got vodka, and I got moonshine. You guys can have your choice. And they're like, let's go party in your room. And Yoshi is just an awesome dude. I think we were separated at birth, you know? Like, he's just, like, legit cool. And Scott is awesome, too. And, like, Scott's showing off his uh, con badge that he's got. He's got a con badge for... Communication badge. Communication not badge. convention badge. Not convention badge. Communications badge. And he made that badge for Picard. Hmm. Yeah, so he's working... He's a CBS dude. 
He's been working on Star Trek since like the set, the fifth movie. Mm-hmm. He's been in and out of that game, so he's been working on a lot of stuff. He also worked on Renegades, so if you, and he keeps telling me to watch that on YouTube. So, yeah, those guys came, they partied, uh, we hung out, had a lot of in-depth conversations, not just on Star Wars and Star Trek, but on several different topics. Oh yeah, like it totally insider stuff, like how they get death threats, where they get death threats, uh, family life, favorite foods. I mean, it was just a bunch of dudes sitting around. Except Ryoshi handed me his phone. He's like, "I'm a normal dude. I'm just like any one of you guys. You know, I, you know, I eat Taco Bell. I have a wife. I got kids. You know, I, I go to work. I get stuck in traffic." And I'm like, "Yeah, but," and he's like, "What?" And I'm like, "I don't have Mark Hamill on speed dial." <laughs> and he just stops right there, and he's like, "Yeah, you got me there." Yeah, and those guys were so cool and chill and. That was one of the good parts, but another, another fun part of the convention, I'd have to say, was the, they, they brought out where you can vote for the theme, and there were several different ones, and just having everyone vote for it that way, I think was a lot better than, oh, we've got a month to go, let's throw something up on the Facebook page and have like, a hundred people vote on it, (laughs) you know? Um, so they, they got some good stuff in the pipes for next year, and hopefully we will be able to actually get in on stuff and be more a part of the con, because this year we were pros, we weren't just media, we did panels, we were behind the scenes, whole nine. And hopefully, you know, like, uh, like I said a couple years ago, you know, when we first did RadCon with our media badges, I was telling you, you know, it's a foot in the door, Mm -hmm. it's a start, and now we are looking at possibly doing, um... Or helping with video production, sound production, and other stuff on the side because they were talking about how this year's opening it was super low energy. Yeah, the, the opening was super low energy. But and it's a transition year. Of it is the staff changing over, and a lot of people are trying to do everything. But you know, a lot of people have real life aggro, and that's where us people who have a bit of time. I mean, I can spend a couple hours every weekend doing some sort of learning how to video edit and then doing quick video edits you know uh yeah so i'm gonna give a quick name shout out because we got a lot of new followers uh on social media mm-hmm. um you know him as top hat i know him as top hat uh he's stalking us now on Podbean. he's uh showing up on our youtube you know he's he's crackalacking all over the place so uh jiggles you might want to watch out uh you've got a new uh competition for your stalker number one seat because this guy is all over the place. Uh, in fact, let me go ahead and pull up his name on YouTube to give him a shout out. Uh, on YouTube, he's known as Pup Amarok, which is a completely <laughs> different name than he's uh, following us on Podbean as. Yeah. Uh, we've also got a new follower on Twitter, Odyssey Art. Um, I'm not going to divulge her real name because that's between me and her as a financial transaction. I'm actually buying some of her art right now, and I hope to have it shipped to me soon. It is fucking bombad out awesome and you guys will twitch no oh boy it's a picture of ragdolls <laughs> yes yes yeah so i had to get a pic i saw that piece and i was like i gotta put this on the wall next time i run the dollhouse i can just point at it and watch you guys shiver uh so odyssey I would art love for you to run the dollhouse yeah. oh yeah that uh, way i can see how it's properly done uh let's see we got bartabead studio he was there at the convention uh he's also following us on twitter yoshi yeah, he's following us on Twitter now too, and I'm following him. And I'm, like I said, dude, we're we're still chit chatting like people. I, I've gotten over the 
the hurdle of how awesome this dude is. Like, he, and now you're like, oh, what's up, bro? Let's yeah, I'm like, what's up, bro? Well, he built a fucking Death Star. Okay, <laughs> that that's something to get over. That is, that is legit something to get over. This dude built the fucking Death Star. He showed me pictures, and I'm like, yeah, you built the fucking Death Star. Uh, but you know, I, I've I've gotten over that hurdle of you know having the stars in my eyes, and I'm like, yeah, you're a normal dude. Let's talk Mortal Kombat. And you know, he shows me some of his cosplay in Mortal Kombat, and I'm like, god damn it! If only I had money. <laughs> um, Doomcock, of all people, we of course we did not meet him at Con. He's Midwest, but Doomcock is a, a huge YouTuber and. I fed him some of the inside information I got, but uh, to Scott and Yoshi, if you guys ever hear this, um, we're not connected at all. Nope. The three of us. And nobody ever listens to this podcast anyway, so it's okay. Five years later. Actually, no, the funny part is, it, it has the information I fed Doomcock is completely unrelated to the conversations we had with Yoshi and Scott. I, I I can you can put me in a lie detector test. You can put me in five of them. I heard it from a completely different CBS insider. Completely different. And the only reason I repeated it is he told me in the hallway where people are walking by. Uh, and I fed uh, Doomcock some of this information from the CBS dude I talked to, and he will remain unnamed because security reasons. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. You know, it's their job. It's their livelihood. And it confirmed some of the things, and I dropped some new spicy nuggets on him, and he's like, thank you, dude. So props. Um, Wokey the Offended Android is now following us on Twitter. I don't know who this dude is, but hey, he's Wokey the Offended Android, which is a cool enough name to be like, thumbs up, dude. <laughs> Respect. Respect. Um, yeah, we, we got those guys. They showed up. So Barter Beads, Yoshi, and Odyssey Art, they all followed us on Twitter. So some new followers. And we've gotten a few other contacts from people through uh, email and other social media platforms. Like, hey, great job on the, the panels and stuff. So that was really... That makes doing this shit worth it. Oh we, my god, Audience Senpai noticed us. Audience Senpai noticed us. I, I actually got, like, some, you know... Not on, not on Twitter. I mean, Odyssey, you know, she uh, she contacted me on Twitter. And she's like, oh, those were great panels. And I'm like, thank you. Uh, Barter Beads, you know, he contacted us. And, I think it was Barter Beads. No! It was. I gotta go back. It was. He's got a hard name to. Pup Am. Um, Pup Am Rock. I want to say Pup I'm a Rock, but that's not how it's pronounced. But yeah, he. Uh, We're just gonna call him Rock for short. Rock. Rock. Okay, Rocky. 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 He uh, he contacted me on Podbean. You know, great podcast and everything. So that makes it worth it when people take the time out of their day to you know. It takes more effort than clicking a like or a, a, a upvote button. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate that, that people actually took five minutes out of their day to do that. So uh, I've, I've been working on the website and blogging too post-haste because uh, one of the other gals that walked up and she want This is what got me, right? Uh, we're podcasters. We do gaming podcasts. And some of the shit going on this year that I already foresee is just bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, E3 2020 looks like it's going to be a shit show already. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pizza oven that is the PS5 is due to be announced. Uh, it's not just that. They got people dropping out. And then one of them just dropped out due to the concerns over the coronavirus, which is totally understandable. But they've got other people just kind of like, it's a, it's a circle jerk, not going. So Yeah, it is a thing of where I think that event has lost. It's too long in the tooth. It's become it's commercial. To the point, 
It's not just commercial, but it's gotten to the point where it is clickish. It is. It's it's gotten too commercial. It's gotten too clickish, and it's never really recovered from Gamergate, in my less than humble opinion. Which is funny because when you think about it, it's basically like if you were to go and be like, "Oh, look at the thing," but it's a mirror. So it reflected a bunch of people who were like, look at the thing, not at what's going on. And they all got hit. Think about it. Well, I we mean, all look got at, hit in Gamergate. We, we all got hit, but at the same token, like, they really showed their stars in my, my purview anyway when Steam decided to unveil their Steam box and the EA organizers wouldn't let them have a place inside the building. So they had to rent a fucking trailer and showcase the Steam box in a parking lot across the street. Yeah, that's when you can totally see the corruption, not only financially, but also uh, credentially of the people who are always there and have the money to throw around. Absolutely. Uh, one of the other conferences I made was, uh, let's see if I can not screw up her name because it's hard to pronounce. Uh, it is Bonnie? Bonnie, but de be Bonnie Dillabo, Dillabo. Nah, uh, gonna even try that. Not even gonna try it. Uh, she's a great, fantastic woman. On the other hand, though, I mean, I have trouble pronouncing her name. I'm not gonna try again. Uh, and it's really strange too, because I ran into her and I ran into Sir Evan Town or no, Sir <laughs> S. Evan Townsend, also another published author. So these are two authors I ran into. Uh, and to use the word you just used, long in the tooth. Right? So I run into two authors. They're established. They're published. Uh, Bonnie is writing her third book right now. She's a fantastic gal to talk to. And both her and Mr. Townsend, gray in the hair, long in the years. that you know they, They've easily got 20 plus years on me. And both of them agree that the political correctness is intruding in on the writing community like mr townsend was telling me that he has writings that he's afraid to publish all right afraid to publish and his reason is he's the wrong color right that should never be a factor not not yeah that should never be a factor with interesting characters and interesting stories it should not matter who's writing it as right? long as they don't have overly negative connotations if you're not like the straw man clansman writing a book about a black character that's just all the bad stereotypes that that's that, one thing yeah that's, that's one, one thing. thing of being fucked up well, but then we can also look at um hp lovecraft right racist in his day even by their standards as far as people seem to be saying and we can still separate the art from the person we can still yeah and the strange thing though uh when mr townsend and i were talking this stems from a, another writer. She just pu tried to publish a book. I think she actually successfully published it. And the issue is the book that she published is getting a shitload of blowback because she's the wrong color to write a protagonist of color. Now, I thought we were supposed to be inclusive and diverse and stuff and want to have representation out there. And there is indeed a difference between cultural appropriation and cultural appreciation. Yeah. So why is it that somebody who writes a strong character that people want to see in books and appreciates the culture and looks into the history of the background of where the character comes from, why are they suddenly being shit on for bringing an inclusive character in? Oh, uh, well, you see, you can't write Klingon fan fiction because you're not a Klingon. 
That is uh, their cultural, uh, you know, heritage. Although I just still like the logic. I mean, she still has one card she can play. Hmm. Actually, anybody can play it. Just, you know, she can write it like, for example, I don't know much about the, the main character's story because Mr. Townsend was more concerned about his own personal feelings on it, which is totally understandable because he cannot release his creations to the world. And you can just say, oh, well, I identify now as half Chinese. Or I identify as half Moroccan. <laughs> you know? Oh, I'm not 100% white. I, I, I'm I half indigenous South African. Or South American. Or from the Sentinelese Island. Even though they don't publish books. But whatever. It's, it's one of those things where it, it does get ridiculous. And for it to impact the writing community. But just like everything else they invade. It just ends up killing it. It really ends up hurting it in the long run. Look at video games. We're ended up with this super corporatized schlock that people are trying to shove down our throats with no real creativity behind it. It's like, how many more freaking Mario Karts do we need? How many more Super Smash Brothers? What characters are you going to dig up now? How many more Assassin's Creed? Uh, how many more Call of Duties? Like, originally it was like Call of Duty, you know, World War II. Four video games, wasn't it, of that? Four fucking games? I, I think we took the gameplay time of all the World War II video games that have ever been produced and took all the maximum play time you can get out of those games to, to complete them 100% and put them nose to butt in a straight line. The time it would take to complete all of those games would last longer than World War II itself. More than likely, and that's including the multiplayer in order for you to level up the, like, nine times before you meet... Maximum fucking Spurg level. Oh yeah, that's and of course if we include loot boxes. Oh geez. no, it's surprise <laughs> mechanics. Oh yeah, surprise mechanics. Jesus fuck. Now they're just rebranding again. Rebranding, yeah. That's all they're fucking doing. Look out for that in the future, people. Uh, oh, other video game news that I was picking up. Uh, there might be a shortage of games coming over from the great continent of Asia because of the coronavirus. Oh, you mean in the country located just south of Mongolia? Uh, yeah, and uh, east of, uh, or no, it's west of Japan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but, know the one you're talking of. But yeah, there's going to be a big, there is possibly going to be a large shortage of consoles and actual print games that are manufactured there. So that's going to impact a lot of people, because I was actually looking... At possibly picking up the latest generation of Switch, not the Animal Crossing one, for the love of God, that game needs to die. But um, picking up a newer generation Switch for the better battery, uh, because, well, I think I'd really like to pick that up, get some of those classic games on there, and have a fucking giant handheld again, because my 3DS is nice and all, but I've got like four games, because I look at the library and I'm like, but I want to play my old games. Why do? Yeah, I still got my PSP somewhere, and I didn't even ask to get it. And I never even really played it. I played uh, Sims on it, and that was it. Didn't I played care. the hell out of mine. Uh, I had the original version, and then I traded that in to get the Kratos version. Then that got stolen from me, and I think I had gotten another one, the actual Star Wars edition, and I played the shit out of those things. Star Wars... Okay, um, I'm going to sneak this in right now, because you just mentioned the SW word. And I cannot confirm my sources, I cannot deny my sources. 
But I know a few things now. Oh, Lord. Because I did talk to a few people at Con, mm-hmm. and I was rubbing elbows with, like, people from Hollywood and Los Angeles, so that was really fucking weird. And I got called an influencer. Wow. We have, like, ten regular listeners on our podcast. We have just hit 69 subscribers on YouTube. I am about as influential right now as a molded cupcake. Okay? I am not an influencer. <laughs> no way. Uh, but still, regardless... Uh, I'm going to release some information on this podcast. I, again, not confirming or denying. When Finn is sinking into the sand, right? He's sinking in the sand. He looks over at Ray. He's like, Ray, I have something to tell you. I will say there are many rumors about what he's going to say. And I will knock one of those rumors right out of the air right now. 100% because I know it for a fact. This is what happens when you're talking to people who just hand you their cell phones or when you're talking to people who show you their comm badges or people who show you their business card or people who show you what it's like working inside these different production companies from you know Disney to ILM to CBS. So he does not profess his eternal undying love for Ray. That rumor is completely untrue. But I'll leave the other rumors on the table because it's more fun to see people now talk about the rumors now that I know the truth. I'm just going to knock the one where he says, Ray, I love you. No, no, he doesn't do that. He does not. No, no, no. He doesn't love her. Um, also, Jana, I, uh, during our conversation, it was actually funny with some of the guys, you know, I was like, fuzzy head chick, because I couldn't remember her name, right? I thought she was like the stand-in for Rose Tico. That was my knee-jerk reaction in the theater. I was like, oh, they got rid of Rose Tico. They brought in this Janna chick. I I had to look up her name because all of the characters in Star Wars are so goddamn forgettable, interchangeable, and boring that I have to refer to them by physical traits that just... Fuck, what? um, God damn it, I forgot her name again. Not Janna, but I'm talking like... The one with the, the Star Wars with the robot that Alan Tudyk played that was had more facial expressions. Anyway, what Rogue the one? That's the one. All fucking interchangeable, interchangeable. And I thought Janna was just one of those interchangeable characters. They were like, let's get rid of Rose. We'll downplay her role. We'll bring in Janna. And I thought, oh, you know, they're they're basically swapping out one character for another because nobody likes Rose Tico the character. Turns out not true. She was supposed to show up in episode 8. She was supposed to have this huge role. She was basically supposed to be like buddy-buddy cop with Finn. Finn had this huge, phenomenal storyline. And, you know, like the defectors coming to fight the First Order kind of thing. And Janna, that's why they introduced her as a defector. Those two were supposed to hit it off as both defectors and decide to, you know, start grabbing other defectors and start building their own army. Which would have made for a phenomenal... um battle in episode 9 instead of just having people from the galaxy show up all willy-nilly and they're Winnebago's and fucking VW Bugs and... Who apparently all have freaking blaster rifles strapped to them. Who all apparently have blaster rifles. Yes. Uh, Janna was supposed to be in episode 8 show up and they were supposed to kick off a storyline where Finn starts building an army of his own. So that rumor, if anybody's heard about it, totally true. Totally true. Finn was supposed to have an army. So now if we can move away from overly obvious senpai noticed me and drank. um, No, no, actually this was uh, not from senpai. You're you're Star Wars geeking out, though. I am Star Wars geeking. You you got into the great Star Wars senpai. 
I, I got into the great Star Wars. He kicked it off. He did start it, and I no, admit, no, no. I'm talking about Star Wars as a. This is a thing, but I'm giving it human features now. I'm personifying it. Or not the wrong what? word. English. Uh, English. Uh, basically, we're gonna move on from Star Wars. Too much fucking Star Wars. That's coming from me, Darth Blast. Well, considering what happened with Episode Nine, starting, they have they have actually done something to know. They've. Oh, it's hard to put in words. Their box office ticket sales had the most rapid drop in film history from week one to week two. From week two to week three. The most rapid drop off in people coming in to buy tickets. I think everyone is done with Star Wars. Yes, let's move then on. Then let's move on. We are moving on. Jesus Christ, man. What? That was like five minutes. At After tops. 20 minutes. 20 minutes of what? Moving on. Well, people don't want to hear just about Radcon. No, I was going to move on to more gaming stuff. More gaming stuff. Man, gaming stuff. <laughs> there is one story I wanted to tell during the dollhouse when I was doing that panel, though. Oh. The barbarian who didn't check for traps. Oh, yeah. Um, Orb of Annihilation guy. Oh, God. Yeah, Orb of Annihilation plus barbarian equals new character sheet. <laughs> so, yeah. Um... Big stuff coming down the line. Hopefully we'll see some games come out that aren't just... And here's some more words attached to the end of this original title and a number. Um, honestly, I've had a lot more fun watching uh, Zero Punctuation. Because uh, he's been doing a challenge of design 12 games in 12 months. And each month is one game. So, pretty interesting that. Uh, so that's going to make the dry spell the post video game mega launch stuff look really interesting because now there's going to be a bunch of games by people who are independently creating games and I think that flow is going to get really disrupted with E3 falling apart. Yeah, E3 is not really looking good this year. Checking the uh, different forums and stuff. People are not excited. All, all the big uh, bigger uh, publishers, they're backing out or holding off for yet another year. And I swear to fucking Christ, if Bethesda walks out on stage and just gives us another fucking slideshow of what's coming up for three years in a row, they are fucking done. Done. So overcooked. I mean, people. D U N done. D U N done. They <laughs> people are getting tired of commercials. And even. Uh, fucking CD Projekt Red you know uh, I made mention of them on one of the forums and they actually responded to me so Senpai noticed me which is weird I'm not an influencer but Senpai yay here I am uh, I mentioned that because um, they were they were talking about you know doing presentations and stuff and I was like yeah don't be like EA and hire a hype guy and put him in the audience and scream really loudly to the point everybody notices and they were like yeah we're not doing that so even so even even CD Projekt Red is is keyed on in, on screaming Steve. They're like, yeah, that was just too obvious. And um, did you see Birds of Prey? Uh, no, but I really, really, really like some of the reviews. I like the Critical Drinkers reviews. <laughs> uh, he's one of my favorites right now for reviewing shit, just because like comes out balls to the wall thank you Ireland for giving us the critical drinker yeah 
Yeah, so like Birds of Prey, and it's it's showing the the infestation in the market. Really, like they actually uglied up Margot Robbie, which she doesn't need to be made ugly. They they put her in charge, and then they make this movie, if you can call it that. It's this action feature thing, and nobody likes it. Like very few like it, and they're still doubling down on the same old playing cards. You don't like it because you're a man. I'm like, no, I don't like it because it's a flimsy fucking story with wafer-thin characters that are two-dimensional. From the bits and pieces I've seen, because I have not sat down to watch the whole thing, um, to be honest, it looks like someone's My First B-Movie production. Like, not a lot of really big, you know, everything works and all the scenes are shot right. I'd prefer some fucking Kubrick, let's reshoot the goddamn thing 175 times to get it right, instead of what we got. Well, it's, it's like it's like many of the uh, people who are way more influential than I'll ever be. They keep saying one of the same things over and over, and it seems no one is really listening upstairs where the money is being counted. And that is, stop telling us these characters are cool and show us why they're cool. We all give praises to Ellen Ripley because we know what she did. We saw it. Especially in Aliens when she rescues Newt. We, we got to see that. I mean, even... Red Sonya, as terrible of a movie as it is. Oh, so good. We get to see Sonya's transformation from being, you know, barely able to lift a sword to badass. We we get to see this. We get the storyline. So we see Red Sonya progress as a character. We can even go back to Arnold playing Conan. And you see, yeah, he's just strapped to a wheel for 20 years and then comes off and gets trained by someone to be a badass. It's not like, I am just Conan. I am here to kick ass because... Plotline says I do. And people are forgetting, and one of the things that hit me the other day about the Conan storyline, in the original uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, he was rescued by not just a woman, but a dead woman twice. <laughs> twice Conan... Okay, so Conan gets killed after being uh, nailed to the Tree of Woe. Yeah. He dies. The wizard says there's a cost. She says, I don't care, I'll pay it. Knowing full well that she's trading a life for a life, and it's her life that has to be paid, she pays for Conan's life with her life. Then, uh, you know, when Thulsa Doom kills her, and then during the showdown with Thulsa Doom at the Cairn, he's fighting and stuff. He gets knocked on his ass, and a dude goes in for the killing blow, and she comes back from the grave to deflect it, equips a one-liner at him, and it vanishes. But nobody's talking about her. True. Talk about being saved by your dead girlfriend, Conan. Mm-hmm. There you go. And I mean, that that's just one of the things that all this Hollywood stuff has become, where it's like, oh, hey, um, we're going to tell you how cool this is and just believe us, and here's a whole bunch of extra explosions for no fucking reason. Because giant robots are cool, right? No. To be honest, I know people who literally went to those movies just like a bunch of other series just because they're completionists. They fucking have to. You know, that's the reason I went to go see Episode 9. I had to look in the casket. Mm-hmm. I had to go to the funeral, look in the casket, and that's the way a lot of these series are turning into is you just got to go see the next movie in line because you're already committed to it. Might as well see it through. Nah, see, I'm one of those guys. Like, I'm not one of those guys that gets up and leaves the theater. Like, I will finish a movie if I've started it. But I am totally cool with my head cannon being, oh, 
Well, they got defunded and couldn't make the other movies. That's why I don't believe that anything happened in um, Game of Thrones after season four. I, I am at the point where I am becoming more and more convinced by some of these modern movies coming out, especially with things like Birds of Prey, that Mortal Kombat 2 is a better movie. At least they fucking tried. Yeah, yeah. Well, th- that's the thing. Everyone got caught up in that media spin where, oh, well, we'll just say this thing's amazing and people will believe us because we're the media. We can be trusted. And it's like, people are getting tired of the same soup every day. You know? We, we can only eat it. potato borscht so many times before we get tired of it, comrade. But you have potatoes. But you got potatoes. Yeah. yeah. Fucking. <laughs> So yeah, that, that's just one of the things that I see coming on is everyone's getting everyone's getting really drained on superhero movies. Everyone's getting really tired of uh, you know, fuck. Did, weren't they supposed to make another Star Trek movie? Did, well, that got canceled. Exactly. Star Trek is in fucking life support right now. It's in free fall. It, it is in open free fall. There is some stuff going on behind the scenes, not just what we know out here in viewer land. It is in free fall. Um, I mean, for God's sakes, just let uh, fucking the Orville guy, Seth MacFarlane. Yeah, Seth MacFarlane. Just let him fucking buy it. Just let him. I'm going to say one thing for CBS right now, though. I probably shouldn't, but congratulations on your uh, your, uh, upcoming promotion, Jonathan Frakes. Um, I I didn't hear that from anybody. I I can't confirm or deny, (laughs) but congratulations, Mr. Frakes. Uh, please don't continue bastardizing the franchise. It's Star Trek. No one cares. It's Star Trek. No, it, well, that is one of the weird things. Is like the, the whole geek culture stuff has finally, I think, hit its crescendo. And I called this about a year ago on our podcast that after uh, Avengers 2, you know, when they get done dealing Electric with... Electric Boogaloo? Yeah. Electric Boogaloo. They got done dealing with Thanos. I'm like, that's it. Superheroes are done. The MCU have told the biggest, baddest, most awesome story that can possibly be told. Nobody can one-up that. And it's taken 10 years to get to that point. And people, like you said, are getting kind of just like, meh. Nobody gives a shit about Morbius right now. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just like with uh, Lord of the Rings. By the time the third one came out on bombastic 2 VHS special edition, you know, where you get a free Hobbit. Once that was done... People were good, and it was, what, almost ten years before anyone was like, oh, yeah, The Hobbit, that's a thing. And then they kind of fucked that up, because, oh, we're going to take this one book and make three movies. It Not everything needs to be a goddamn trilogy. Yeah, and again, going back to uh, people I was talking to at panels, yeah, that, that movie actually did come up. And it was strange, dude, because I was really working the crowds whenever I had a chance to pipe up, and I went off on the fucking Hobbit. Because, you know, we, we digressed from Star Wars, we went to the Hobbit, and I was like, look, this is what needs to be done with the Hobbit. You know, take it, you know, put it, put all your Hobbit collection together. Take all your Frodo Baggins toys and just throw them in the fucking trash. I just went off on that movie about, you know, why it did not need to be turned into a trilogy. And it was strange, because, like, the crowd were all sitting there like... Dude, this dude is filled with rage, but at least he's passionate. <laughs> I think it could have been done in two movies. Part one, part two. Work for Kill Bill. Yeah, part one, part two would have been a lot because, better. Because, I, I mean, honestly, I would sit through it as a four-hour movie myself, but intermission. 
But and one of the weird part is like, uh, of course, you know, I like an audience that dialogues with me when I'm on stage and stuff. Which is weird because you're so fucking antisocial. It, it, I know, I know. It, it's it's my GMing thing that I do. You know, when I game master a, a role playing game, I like an interactive audience. And so, you know, after I got done with my Rage Monkey Fest and, you know, people were raising their hands, you know, I'm, I'm calling them to, you know, chip in their two cents. And a lot of the people, and it didn't matter what generation they were from, and this is one of the, the strange things is, is that the millennials, the boomers, the 20-somethings, the forgotten generation, whoever the fuck they were, uh, forgotten generation, that'd be Gen X, because nobody gives a shit about oh, us. Oh, sellout generation, gotcha. Fuck you. I never sold out, and I never bought in. <laughs> Fuck you. Fuck you in the neck with a rusted crowbar. Anyway, everybody of every generation. So it didn't matter if they had silver hair, you know, if they were fat, young, old, skinny, dark, light. Didn't matter. Everybody had pretty much the same opinion uh, when it came to The Hobbit that they added in too much crap that did not need to be added in. And they omitted stuff that should have been put in. Oh, yeah. That was, like, one of the biggest arguments is everybody, you know, like, jumped aboard. They were like, yeah, they added in this storyline and this storyline and this storyline. They were completely irrelevant to the overall. And then they removed this, which was relevant. And I'm like, totally. That's why it failed. Yeah, and, like, I, like I'm going to have to go back and reread The Hobbit, but I'm kind of working on a book series right now. But I don't remember the Arkenstone being a thing in The Hobbit book. It was just, hey, we're going back to reclaim our home. There ain't shit about no special rock. I, for one, cannot wait till the parody comes out of Lorena Hobbit. Just saying. Just saying. And her friend, Amanda, Amanda Lorian. Hey, that's my uh, legal name at work now. Don't don't advertise that. I'm, I'm saving that for when I have to go to court. I'm, I'm going to make the judge call me Amanda. Yeah. Because privilege. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um... And movies overall, like, the the Black Widow movie should have been made five years ago. It should have happened beef. She should have got her own movie after Avengers 1. Absolutely. You know, before Civil War, because... Or, hell, even she just does her own thing during the Civil War, you know? I, I still like the argument, because the character is really likable. The, the character is grounded and relatable in the fact that she, like the rest of us... Can, is one misstep away from a stairwell of just taking a tumble and breaking her neck. She has no real superpower. She's just got a shitload of training. And she is a normal mortal who is one of the few people to actually have tricked Loki. Right? So she's got that going on for her. And the actress who plays her is just you, awesome. Uh, her personality is really great. She likes to love. She likes to laugh. She likes to listen. She's just an awesome person to be around. So you have somebody who's just, you know, you want to sit down and have tacos with them, you know, and watch a movie or whatever. Not even in a sexual way. Just a hangout like, you Absolutely. Know, this is my new uh, buddy. This We're going to fucking watch uh, Delta Farce. For yeah, th this is reasons. my new buddy. We're going to watch Delta Farce. We're going to eat, like, pizza and drink beer and just have a good time. That's it. She's just a really likable person overall off screen. And she's got a likable character she plays in five years ago. People were screaming for this. And it was funny because people are like... Uh, the MCU, anyway, not people. They're they're advertising Captain Marvel, and they're bringing out these uh, superheroes. They're like, oh, these are so cool. And all of us fanboys are just like, what about Black Widow? She's right there. Just, dude, just... And, like, people are just, like, quietly pointing. They're like, you already got Black Widow on screen. People already love her. 
That's money right there. And we want to see a Black Widow movie. We don't want Captain Marvel. And Disney pushes us Captain Marvel anyway. God damn it. Yeah, I hate this timeline. I like this timeline. Well, movie-wise, I hate this Movie-wise, yeah. This timeline, movie and video game-wise, entertainment. I think we're coming to a point here, I would have to say within the next 7 to 10 years, that it's just... just... We're going to hit that watershed moment, and it's all going to come crashing down. The bubble will pop. Yeah, I'm thinking the bubble will pop. Like, some of these... uh, intellectual properties that the larger companies have are just going to hit the point where they're going to have to start selling them off. Because they're waiting too long. And I know it's not like we're just going to work the actors to death for like two years of, you know, entrenched labor. No, I mean they're taking too long to get stuff going. To get the right... You know, you can take a while to get the right people, but they they drug out this Marvel movie franchise deal. What was the first movie? 2006? I I would say it was actually earlier than that because what really kicked it off, uh, in my opinion, and yes, this is just purely opinion, this is speculation, I think what really kicked off the Marvel movie franchise was the first X-Men movie. Blade set the precedent, precedent that a comic book movie would sell. X-Men came out and people were like, holy shit, I want more. Yeah. And once that ball got really rolling, then we got into the MCU. So when Iron Man came out, the cannon was already primed. It just needed that little bit of fire. So when the MCU did hit with the first Iron Man, that was the cannon sounding. Yeah. Yeah. So and we all paid attention. It was it was worthwhile. That's yeah. just just my thoughts on the subject. Anyway, I mean, That's I could really be wrong. What it was and you can say, oh well, if you. You know, go to start a project, you'll start it in five years, what have you. But there's a point that the public will stop. Like, remember all those vampire movies that were coming out left, right, and fucking center? Oh, Where are they now? Well, it's one of those things that I noticed when I was younger, uh, starting out in the movie Senate, because, again, Generation X, my parents were busy doing other shit. So my surrogate parents were like Sony, Magnavox, Vestron Video... Mm-hmm. Blockbuster. Blockbuster. Those were my surrogate pre- uh, parents growing up. And when I first started like really paying attention to the movies, of course, it was a lot of sword and sorcery and fantasy movies. And the counter to it was sci-fi and space. And those kind of just trickled off. Then it became like all these comedies where they were taking actors who really weren't comedy actors and putting them in comedies. Yeah, that got weird. That got really weird. And, of course, then we had, like, the uh, body swap. A couple of... A few... Two or three summers of body swapping. And then that went away. And then we kind of hit this crescendo with, like, the whole gothic horror, vampires and werewolves and stuff. And now we're in the superhero phase. And this one has really lasted quite some time in comparison to previous movie phases. So I'm thinking the crash is coming real soon because nobody really gives a fuck anymore. And it's going to be hard, and it, it trying to figure out <laughs> what exactly the next thing is going to be is impossible. The only it, it happens when it happens. You can't predict where the lightning will strike. You you can't predict when the earthquake hits. Lightning, At least right now. Yeah, lightning in a bottle. You know, it's going to be something, some one-off, someone's taking a big gamble on, and then it's just going to take the world by storm. But right now, superheroes are leading to that crash. And I mean, if it wasn't for the Mandalorian, Star Wars would be dead. Absolutely, I agree. Because all the other stuff, season seven of 
fucking um, Clone Wars, I didn't see a need for it. I was cool where it just stopped. And it, now it's behind a fucking paywall on Disney. Yeah, and that's another problem in entertainment is all the fucking... Um, subscriptions. Subscriptions. All the motherfucking subscriptions. I love the meme. It's perfect. It's fucking Obi-Wan saying, you were supposed to um, fucking destroy cable, not become it. And you see all those subscription prices, and if you subscribe to fucking everything, it costs more than just getting fucking cable. I know, right? Like and I'm that- talking like the big bombastic... Sprashity brashity fucking every channel in the world in seven different languages. And, and the fact is that if I was paying for cable right now, I would have a wider selection of shit to watch. Yeah, not Netflix where it's like, oh, you know, every three months we're going to bring out something big. But every month we're cycling stuff in and out. And to be honest, I'm getting really, really tired of... Yeah, they're adding thousands and thousands of movies. Can I just get a function where I can hit English only? Because I'm tired of clicking on like, ooh, this is a really cool movie. It doesn't tell me anything about the audio settings until I'm in it. And now that movie's sitting on my watch list when I waited to see if I could get it in English. I'm sorry. I have a hard time with subtitles. I'm a little... Poor baby. And then it would be a thing where I could be like, oh, you know, I want to watch a Chinese action movie. I don't care. Turn off the English only function. I mean, yeah, there's some good stuff on there in small bits and I'm tired of that. I go Then on you will never make it through a couple of the funniest Chinese movies ever and that's uh, Tai Chi Master. You'll never make it through that because they only come in subtitles last I looked. And they are fuck all hilarious. If it really comes down to that I'm sure my uncle's got every movie on Blu-ray by Or me. you won't make it through um, cinema from Thailand because mm. some of the Best action movies come out of Thailand right now, and some of them are just... I don't know, Bollywood's getting there. Bollywood's getting there, but some of the Thai movies I've watched in recent years are freaking beyond hilarious, and I'm a huge fan of not just Tony Jaa, but Zhija Yanin. And, God, I swear to Christ, they crossbred her with a spider monkey and taught her how to fight. That girl has moves. True. Insane. But, but this is the thing I'm saying is like I'm going on to Hulu even and I'm getting bored because I also don't want to watch all the fucking commercials because I'm not going to pay almost double to go no commercials. So you add up the cost of all of these Disney Plus, uh, HBO, whole nine yards. You're paying more than some people make a paycheck. Yeah. And to pick one or two or God forbid you do what most logical people do where you get a circle of friends everyone pays for one and you hand out the password to everyone and that really sucks when you get on stuff like Funimation and other things where there is no everyone gets their own profile no there's one queue in the middle of it shit like this is really what's killing it where you're literally having to go and there's forums right now where it's like oh hey I've got you know XYZ streaming service and I'm looking to you know, trade my password uh, with someone that has these streaming services, blah, blah, blah. There's literally places to do that online. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's getting ridiculous. Redonkulous, even. I mean, hell, we've got a smart TV that you can put all these apps on, and I actually got bored one day and looked through all the possible apps. Holy Jesus, there are channels I didn't even know existed. Well, that's okay. It's gonna crash. So that we're heading close to the uh, one hour mark. So let's fi- uh, finish up here because we did a little bit of RadCon, a little bit of gaming news, a little bit of uh, entertainment news and some ranting. And we're going to get back into Dungeons and & Dragons and roleplay stuff here soon. Uh, that'll be about a week out. 
Um, we're going to go back tri- to tried and true form of Dungeons and Dragons and roleplay in general. Yeah. Because that's what we do. Gaming advice. Gaming tips. And, you know, I want to throw something out there since we do actually have some interaction from people. Mm, what's that? So looking at the games market right now, and it's see, episode two of season four. Can't believe we actually made it this far. Neither You're can welcome. I. <laughs> um, is there anything anyone wants us to specifically go out and look for? Is there a specific game anyone wants to recommend that we will sit down and fucking play and review? Like, I, I'd love to do some stuff. We tried doing a D&D 5e, but for a, a young GM such as myself and an old crotchety GM such as the Goblin there, we crotchety. both looked at it and were like, fuck this game system. Yeah, I think we made it like two pages in, and I... Okay, you couldn't get past Barbarian. I could not get past Barbarian. I was just like, Ugh. Every one of them is cookie cutter. That's the, all it is. Like, yeah, and people argue, oh, well, it's an easier game to just pick up, not Pathfinder or old D&D, where it's like, sit down, spend four hours creating a character sheet, and all right, I gotta go to work. I'll catch you guys next week. Well, I'm sorry, but sometimes you gotta do all the prep work. Just Yeah, I just... Thumbing through 5th edition just leaves me with a feeling of just wanting to go take a shit. And if it's so quick and easy to pick up, why is it so hard to get games together? Why is it I spent all these money on, on like, like, four books, and I haven't been able to pick up a single one of them in quite a while? And I'm... I'm over there actually trying to find a game group to go do other stuff with where I can meet new people... But 5th edition, apparently, is the hardest fucking game to get people to sit down to, even though it's the easiest fucking game in the world, apparently. I just don't like how the game rolls your character for you. It does, and it's not just R-O-L-L, it's R-O-L-E as well, because apparently all of them are fucking cookie cutters. And yeah, you can go and pick up every fucking book to customize it, but I can pick up the Pathfinder core book and create 15 completely different bards, 12 completely different war uh, fighters, and 3 completely different archetype lists oh and of course there's one thing you're forgetting that you can actually use when creating your character that is not in the books my fucking imagination your fucking imagination that is correct like in that in fifth fifth edition i just didn't see much room for it like it it really seemed like a system of how do i roll better numbers It, it seemed more like a game of like i'm rolling another dragonborn for skyrim yeah just what I'm just selecting my race and adjusting my facial features. The game is going to take care of the rest of it for me. That's really what it seemed like, and I don't think that's the way I want gaming to go. And that really sucks because Pathfinder 2E, which I haven't really put any energy into because I've I've got a life and limited funds. And the system um, is trash. True, but that's the thing is that's what I fear it's gone to because it it's just a rip off of 5E. You know, if anyone has any ideas about other game systems that are out there that are fun, give us that and we'll review it. Yeah. Hell, if if you're in the area, I might even just pick you up and we'll bring you in to record and you can explain it to us. Absolutely. I like uh, audience participation, so audience, participate. That's why I got an email. That's why I got a Twitter. That's why I got a YouTube. Just, I don't know, send me hate mail. I don't care. I'll read it on air. Participation. If you want to give me a character concept, go for it. Yeah. You can call me whatever you like. Just don't call me late for dinner. You know what? We'll even do challenges. Tell us to make you something in whatever system. We'll make it happen. We will give you the direct blueprints on how to make a bee launcher that fires consecutive elemental bees. 
Um, it's already been done. I, I don't think you want me to do a podcast power game channel because... Then the gaming world will fall apart because everyone is destroying worlds and becoming liches. Power gaming... Weeb responsibly. <laughs> uh, I don't think this counts as weaving. No, it's not weaving. I'm just saying that power gaming has to be done responsibly because if I were to divulge some of my secrets, especially in Pathfinder, nobody would play Pathfinder again because GMs would give up on it. True. It, it is a... And the, the erratus on the rules, man, they've made it a very easy game to break on the mathematical scale. Yeah. Yeah. Especially with that fucking... Oh, I don't know why, how that fucking slipped through. Because now that you no longer need to be the appropriate level to craft a magic item that's higher level than yourself, but you can still get away with using it. It's just, ah, oh. yeah. 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 Okay, that's it. I'm out. I'm out. Fuck it. I'm done. Fuck it. Screw this shit. Now I'm, now I'm thinking about, like, nuking planets again. Fuck this shit, I'm out. Fuck you guys. I'm out of here. All right. Peace out, people. All right. See you guys next week when we get back into role-playing stuff. And Kazrakan and the moniker will be back. If you like our content, you can find us on BitChute, YouTube, Podbean, Android, iTunes, Twitter, CastBox. We're all over the place. Yeah, we even got our own website, which I blog on occasionally, and I gotta get back to working on, because I finally put all of our archives on the website. Every episode is now available for free download on our website. All of them. And that was hell yesterday to sort it all out. But I did it, so that's it. More gaming hints, tips, and tricks next week. Game Goblin, out. Doth Blasphemous signing off. Roll for initiative.